Hello and welcome to In The Clock Ends Pre-Match Pint Podcast, a new format of podcast which we are trialling um, and to see how this goes. This week we are joined obviously with our usual host Steve uh, and also we have a special guest with us, James. Uh, and I'm just going to ask uh, Steve, how are you first and foremost? I'm all good mate. It's nice to relinquish um, hosting duties. I can put my feet up tonight. I haven't really got to concentrate too much on what you're saying. Yeah, true. How, I've got how, to concentrate how, on what you're saying for a change. <laughs> how are you anyway? You good? Did you yeah. win a football actually? Um, no, we actually lost uh, by one goal in five aside. Not that I really care um, at five aside. We only really care about winners when it's 11 aside, to be honest. Piss with poor, you. mate. It is piss, piss poor, poor, yeah. I mean, look, I'm making excuses already, but that was new, hey? Uh, but look, and James, welcome. How are you? Thanks very much, guys. Pleasure to be on the podcast. Been a fan of the podcast for a little while now. So, yeah, thanks uh, very much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here as well. Um, so the, the format of the show for for any existing and new listeners, uh, we're literally going to be previewing uh, the upcoming game. Um, and obviously, it always seems like lately we've had a hell of a break uh, between our last game and the next one. Um, and we've got Watford away. So we're going to kind of dip into to that and, you know, kind of how we're feeling about it. We'll take a look back at the previous game earlier this season. And I guess that's probably, a, you know, a good place to start. Um, the last time we played Watford this this season was uh, earlier in November. Uh, and we got a, a hard-fought 1-0 win. Um, and just to, to kind of give you a little recap, uh, it was a game that, you know, we probably made harder work of than we than we probably needed to. And it was funny, when I look back at this game earlier on today to, to kind of prep for the podcast, it was one that really stood out to me you know, from a Aubameyang perspective where the writing really became quite clear on that wall. Um, he had a bit of a stinker, um, <laughs> more of a stinker than I probably realised. I mean, you know, I'll throw it over to you, Steve, first and foremost. I'm going to test your memory here and I can see you're already panicking. Um, you know, what, what, what do you remember of this game? I, I was watching highlights, actually. Well about, about 10 minutes ago. Um, you know what? I forgot all about it. I forgot that we had obviously the Saka goal that was disallowed because he was behind the keeper. Mm. That was a rule that um, I, I was not aware of at the time. Shock. Um, Aubameyang misses a penalty after Lacazette was like bundled over. Was this the yeah. same game Aubameyang literally missed when he was literally stood next to the back post? Was this, no, was that, this that was a di- I think that was a different game against Newcastle because I thought that was going to come up when was I was Newcastle. watching yeah, I thought yeah, that was no, going to come up. That's right. Um, and it was obviously the game where I think Watford hit the kick the ball out. We keep the we keep the ball. We don't give it back. And then I think it was Pepe or not Pepe. It might have been uh, was it Samuel Conga mm. who takes out their player mm. when the ball falls to Smith Rowe just before the goal. So it was mm. a bit of a, a contentious one to say the least. But yeah. It was, it was uh, it was against Watford, didn't it? It's ever since yeah. Troy Deeney came out and, and said what well, he, you know, is two pence worth. It's kind of, look, they're not rivals, obviously, but they're just a club lately that we just love to stick it to, don't we? I mean, I love to stick it to anybody, but more so because of Danny Rose. Yeah, you ain't Danny Rose. And even for Milan, no, Danny. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you're, you're not going to then you? I love it. Oh, it cracks me up. Um, is he? Is he still at Watford? Was he gone? I think he's still there. I'm pretty sure he's still there. Um, I'd like to think so. I mean, Christ, it was only in November that we did play them, um, unless he was really I swear shit. I read that he was like 
leaving the club. I'll check that while you guys continue chatting. Yeah, James, what do you? What do you... I'm not hosting, so I can. I've got time for this sort of thing now. Yeah, let's see how that laptop survives whilst you open up a new window there and, you know, you'll probably be come back to us for 20 minutes with that information, which is great. And James, look, I know Steve's given us a pretty decent recap there, but what, I mean, look, as we kind of discussed before we came on, not many games are memorable uh, against Watford, to be perfectly honest. What, what do you remember about this game earlier in the season? Yeah, I remember it just being a really scrappy affair and it wasn't one of these games which you particularly enjoyed watching at the time. It really did feel like hard work and mm. you know despite that though there was you know quite a lot going on considering that it wasn't mm. the best the best game to watch another point as well was that there was Erdegaard had this really really great shot which looked like it was going to just nestle in the back post and then Abamyang, you know hadn't had the greatest game you know maybe a bit too enthusiastic to get on the end of it and then unfortunately didn't quite realize that he was offside and as a result of that, Abamyang didn't get his goal and then it made the rest of the game a little bit more nervy than what it had to be. But no, it was a 1-0 victory, you know, 1-0 to the Arsenal. You can't really complain with that. And only realised earlier on today that it was actually Arteta's 100th game in charge of Arsenal. So it was a, a nice little one to... James, you're coming at us with facts. Straight in there. I love facts that. Exactly. Well, you know, I thought, if I'm making my debut, I've got to be strong on the facts and figures. Yeah, he's straight out of the blocks. He's getting, you know, finishing his dinner within the first five minutes. It's strong. It's a strong start. I like that. I like that a lot. But yeah, I think, you know, you, you know, we've all said it, it was one of those games. You know, we're, we're never going to complain when it's three points. We don't really care how we get them. I mean, we will say that if we get scrappy one nils for the rest of the season, end up in the Champions League, we'll all be bloody happy. So, you know, it's, you don't care how we get there. Let's get there. Uh, and then we, we move on when we do. But like I kind of said, I mean, you know, you touched on the the other Aubameyang situation. There were quite a few in the game when you look back at it, when you see the missed penalty. You saw Steve touched on the, the Saka finish, um, which ended up being offside, which is obviously slightly unusual. But it was Aubameyang's horrendous touch. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah where, it, you know, all he had to do was take a nice touch and slot it home. And he didn't. Um, his touch was so poor that Saka had to kind of... Just take the chance, uh, and unfortunately, it was that unusual rule where you need two two defenders or two two Watford players behind the goalkeeper to for Saka to have been onside. So I remember that at the time, Steve. I remember you going, "Was it offside though? Was it?" And you know, unfortunately, my dad was a referee, so yeah, I kind of knew that straight away. Unfortunately, um, but yeah, I mean, it, with that, I mean, it was a, a fantastic finish, though. Nonetheless, uh, our goal was a good finish from Emil Smith Rowe. He was kind of coming into that hot streak just before Christmas around that time, wasn't he? Um, where he was really finding the net quite regularly, uh, which was great. But um, was there anything else you kind of wanted to, to to touch upon from that game? Like we said, it's it was hardly a... Am I right in thinking they, they kicked us all game and time wasted? Who doesn't? I'm pretty sure they did. I remember that that sort of stirred the pot a little bit as well. I feel like it was this game. It, it's, it feels like so long ago. It does. When was it? When was it? it? 7th of November. It's not that long ago, is it? Three months. Three months. Is that three months ago? Yeah. Christ, I, should Just, be I remember it was, a, it was a Sunday. I didn't go to it. I remember watching it from home. Mm. Yeah, Did you go to those... James? Yeah. No, I was in the pub watching it, actually. And like you were saying earlier on, what you alluded to with regards to the, uh, the disallowed goal, I remember just everyone going mental about the fact that why the goal had been disallowed. Just yeah. It's one of those rules where... I think not that many people are actually aware of. And 
you know, it took me a little bit by surprise as yeah, well. I was going to ask you. Someone pointed out to me, no, I haven't got the uh, referee background that you've got there, Kelvin. But um, it's not great. No, it's not something not to all... be. He's proud of it as well, twat. <laughs> <laughs> no need for that. I was going to did ask I you, say, Did I say it? my dad is the referee? Like yeah. you've now officially told everyone you've ever met that your dad. Oh, he already knew. He's listened. He just said earlier, Steve. <laughs> listen, he listens to the podcast. He knows. You've <laughs> told him face to face. But he needed to know. He needs to know the you know the square background I come from. And trust me, it's not all it's made out to be that you know all the rules because you know growing up when your dad's refing you, you're refing your football matches, and when you're a gobby fifteen year old, doesn't really go well. To be perfectly honest, but yeah, I was going to ask you, James. I think you kind of alluded it to to it anyway. Um, did, yeah, did you know? Did you know that rule at the time or was it pointed out to you? It was something I think that I remember thinking about or hearing about for at some point, but mm. it did take me back a little bit at the time. And it was only when then someone said, and you think, oh, right. Yeah. I remember mm. now that that makes more sense, but mm. it, was, it was still annoying though. Oh, yeah. It's always annoying to have a goal ruled out, but it's one of those, isn't it? That it doesn't happen very often to be perfectly honest with you either. Um, but look, when it's Arsenal, it, it happens, right? Uh, we managed to find ourselves in all these unique and unusual situations, especially when officiating comes to it. But unfortunately, it got that one right. Uh, and I hate to say that. Um, so, was, yeah. There was one mad moment, actually, I forgot to mention, when uh, Ben White and Ramsdale, Ramsdale mm. comes out and completely misses it and uh, it leaves Watford with an open goal. And it, it was in the second half, but the, the, the shot goes into the side netting. Oh. I think this was at 1-0. This was quite late on. I remember this. I think it was quite a tight angle that the, yeah. the Watford striker has. I think he could have maybe have done a little bit better, but no, we certainly got away with one there. And, um, you know, Ramsdale hasn't had many moments like that. Ben White's not had that many moments like that this year, but that was certainly one of the uh, moments where heart in the mouth stuff. He did David Louise, didn't he? David Louise. David Louise wasn't playing, was he? Or he did he do a David Louise? Is that he what he did a David me? Louise? Yeah, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. You need to be a bit more clear, Steve, what you're saying. I don't know how I could have been much, much, much clearer, mate. To be honest, oh, don't be pulling me like that. But anyway, look, we'll leave that there, that game there. Um, like, like I said, it wasn't a great one. So looking ahead to the game, um, you know, we're playing on Sunday again. Um, unfortunately, I've got to be brutally honest, doing this pre-match pine podcast, I'm actually going to miss this game. And this will be one of the first, you know, no, raise the eyebrows, but it is the missus birthday on Sunday. So it's one of those where, you, you know, you've got to kind of just let it, let it go. And we're, we're going to go out for lunch instead. Um, I'll try and watch it on my phone on the sly or something like that on, on Sky Girl. I'll probably get a few uh, shady looks, to be perfectly honest, but we'll see. Um, but going into the game... I think, you know, if we're, we're looking at possible lineups, um, you know, it, it's getting easier, isn't it, to predict who's going to be starting for the Arsenal um, in this in this iteration. You know, I think it's blatantly obvious to all of us that Arteta's got his selected starting eleven, um, which we could all probably rail off or reel off, sorry, uh, very quickly. But look, there's a few few possible doubts. Um, you know, we've seen that obviously Emil Smith-Rowe um, had a bout of covid I mean, I don't know if the what are the protocols with actually James. You might be good for this, you know, with your background. What are the pro? Do you know what the the latest protocols are in the Premier League for for footballers and what what what's the story there? Because obviously, I've seen him back in training already. Uh, you haven't got you? isolate, have you anymore? So, yeah, as far as I know, I think the uh, isolation isn't 
as much of an acquirement anymore. I think there may be like they have to isolate it maybe for a few days, but maybe it's not quite as strict as what it was. But I know he's been back in training and he was in the training pictures, the training videos for this week. So I would hope that that means he's going to be at least in contention. But it will be uh, interesting to see if he does come back into that starting eleven because. You know, in that Brentford game, he really was fantastic. And I was so happy to see him back in the team. You know, I think he was quite unlucky when he did come out of the team with injury. And Marcinelli did, you know, so well as a result of Emil smith not being in the team. And, you know, I think there's always that kind of conversation of, well, do you do you change a winning team? But, you know, Marcinelli, for me, in the Wolves game, it was... It almost felt like the game passed him by a little bit. So if I was Arteta and, you know, thankfully I'm not because we surely wouldn't be doing half as good as what we are at the moment. Um, I would look to maybe bring Emil Smith-Rowe back into the team and maybe give Gabby a sit down. But I'm not sure. What do you think, Steve? Um, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I th- the thing is, I think if it, if it didn't break, if it didn't break, uh, don't fix it right but I think in terms of like fitness and just listen I, th- I think he's going to go with the same 11 that we saw um, against uh, Wolves maybe he might bring Tommy Asu in if he's fit um, I think that would be the only the only change but I, what I would like to see I think I think Smith Rowe I'd like to see him back in the team I think we really missed him against Wolves actually um, I will say it it won't happen, but I would love to see Smith Rowe on the left, Martinelli up front. Just try it for an hour, right? And if it isn't working, you bring Lacazette in. Um, I just we we can't keep giving Lacazette an hour. He just well, not an hour, an yeah, hour and ninety minutes these days. Which is unusual. He's getting ninety. He had ninety six on Thursday, and he Jeez. was. He? He's, he probably he probably hasn't moved since. He's probably in it, sat in an ice bath <laughs> at home. Like on his Zimmer frame. Oh my god! No, I think, I think no. Is it probably a year older than me? I'm thirty. Um, I think I think it will be the same team as as we saw against Wolves, Mm. minus Tommy Asu. Um, but we've got options, right? You've got you've got uh, Alneni's back. You've got Pepe. Um, I thought Pepe, you know, was sort of put himself in contention. I thought he played really well, changed the game on Thursday. Even Eddie, to be fair. Um, I'm not saying they're the best options, but we have to make the most of what options we have. You know, we, we're not spoiled with masses of, of choice. Now, Aubameyang is gone. We're, we're very low on the ground in that area. So, yeah, I, I would like to see, listen, I think, you know, let's say Lacazette does, was, you know, was to pick up an injury um, or a suspension. You know, I think it would be good while he's fit that we do maybe trial Martinelli or we do sort of try and change it up a little bit and see, you know, what we can get out of them. Um, just as, you know, uh, more of a, a backup plan if if it does all go wrong. It's nice, to, like, I think. Yeah, it's nice to see that competition, though, isn't it? Um, yeah, we're all kind of alluding it to there, and that's what we really want to see. Um, you know, we we spoke about it early on in the season with Nuno uh, and Tierney. Um, you know, we all loved Nuno when he came in because he was just it's like classic, chaotic, just brilliance to watch that man play football at times, um, and the way he could drive forward with the ball. Um, but yeah, that that front three at the minute. It is kind of fairly set. Like you, Steve, I think there is an element of me that would like to see Martinelli. I'm still a bit on the fence, shock, um, if he's quite ready for it at the minute. Because I think 
you know, James, you know, you mentioned there, you know, the last game kind of passed him by a little bit. There's a few games like that that happens to Martinelli still. And look, he's still really young and he's still trying, you know, he's only, it's what, how many seasons is he now with this? Second? Second or third season with this? He's been injured as well for a long period. Uh, yeah, so I think eventually, yeah. Um, it's funny though, because as much as Lacazette frustrates us, he still brings quite a lot to the team. Um, you know, he is a kind of leader. Um, and it, it's not, you know, it's not, obviously, it's not his goal scoring necessarily that we're all looking for. It's the link-up play. It's the getting stuck in. And, you know, as much as he was, he was quite poor against Wolves, but he, he still was, you know, throwing himself into situations, trying to win free kicks. There was even a couple of times where he actually went past a couple of players dribbling the ball, which was fucking eye-opening for me. I'm sure if you remember, there was one, he dragged it past Neves and I was like, what the fuck is this? Where's that come from? Um, but are, you sure, are you sure they weren't stewards on the side of the pitch? <laughs> run past. Yeah, probably. probably. That was they when he was celebrating. It was, it, was, it was some of the subs just jogging. His celebration at the 96th minute was the quickest uh, recorded run speed, I think, of the, the entire game. But it, you know, just yeah, just on the the Tommy Arsu thing, and obviously the training pictures. I don't recall. I, I didn't look at them with too too much detail. But was he involved in the the, the Emirates training session? Did they, did anyone notice him there? Or? I've not seen anything actually. Uh, I've not seen him in any pictures either. I think mm. it's probably one game too early. I think, I think the concerning so. the concerning thing for me was that. They said that it's actually the other calf that he's yeah. had the issue with as well. So, you know, brand mm. new injury. They've been pretty cagey, pretty sketchy with the details on it. So let's hope it's not anything too serious because although Cedric has done, you know, really quite well in the yeah. last couple of weeks, fair play to him. You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan, but he's certainly no Tommy Asu and, you know, they have to play the game completely differently. And I think mm. the sooner we can get Tommy back into the team, the better but I think we need to be careful that especially with the run of games that we've got coming up those three games in six days we've got to make sure that when he does come back in that he is fully fit because we certainly don't want him breaking down when the schedule gets a little bit more congested in then definitely is going to get more hectic isn't it because like you said, the, the breaks that we're having between games at the minute, they do feel like they're lasting forever. Um, and that's going to completely flip on its head, isn't it, with the running? I mean, we've still got a couple of games which we're waiting to be slotted in. Um, obviously, notable one of them is Spurs away, which worries me that I think Sky are going to try and put that towards the end of the season. Uh, but ho- hopefully they won't need to, because obviously they want a, you know, a North London derby Champions League shootout. But Spurs are just going to clearly Spurs at this rate. Um, so they're not going to be in with a shout at the Champions League, all being well. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Cedric's been great, hasn't he, actually? You know, he's not my favourite player. I don't think he's most of our favourite players. Let's be you know perfectly honest about it. Um, but yeah, I think like you, we need Tommy to be, when he does come back in, let's not rush it. And let's make sure he's ready uh, because he, he is vital. He's been such a great, great uh, addition to the squad and the starting eleven. Um, you know, if you look, you know, those one-on-one jewels that he's up against, it's rare you see him get beat. You know, he's great in the air. He's great on, you know, the jewels on the floor as well. But one thing I just wanted to touch upon as well, and it's it's really becoming apparent. And obviously, Steve, we, we, you know, we're lucky enough to sit together at the Brentford game. And we're talking about it during the game. But just watching Martin Odegaard at the minute, um, he's becoming so influential in, in everything that we do um, moving forward. And he just glides around the pitch, doesn't he? He's very reminiscent of Seth in many ways. Um, mm. I just think he's missing that. He just needs to work on his shooting. Mm. We just, and a few others. 
no names. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we need to we need to pack him and party off for the weekend <laughs> to shoot in practice. You know what though? It's the grounds that doesn't help that though. You know, whenever Partey gets the ball, I'm not sure why the Emirates seems to want him to shoot every single time. I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking, please don't shoot. Please don't shoot, Thomas. But he needs a bit yeah. of willpower, right? He's like an excitable child. He's like a kid in a sweet shop. He just, he gets it and just goes, woo. <laughs> it is the same though. Like I remember John, you know, I just it. about remember John Jensen back in the day and, you know, going and watching a hybrid or whatever. And it's just, it's got to the point where they're so similar. Like every time they get the ball, no matter where they are on the pitch, the crowd just goes, shoot. <laughs> it's just like, sometimes he's in a position where if he had a strike on him, you're like, yeah, please do it. But every time it's him, I'm like, please, like you guys, I'm like, please don't, please don't do it. And just, just move it on. Give it to someone else. Am I right Literally. in thinking with Am I right in thinking with the John Jensen as well? When that goal finally did go in for him, there was t-shirts being sold and everything. I was there when John Jensen scored. You know? Yeah, I can't wait to see the part eighty. It was a screamer when he did do it as well. To be perfectly honest, when he eventually scored, it was a screamer. So let's hope this is the same for his party. To be honest, what year was that? I think that was before my time. Oh, Jesus, now you're gonna. It was like ninety three, ninety four sort of period. I think. Yeah, I was two. You were ninety two. No, I was two. Oh no, you were two. I was born in ninety one. September ninety one. I don't. I don't want to just dally on that too much. So we're going to move swiftly on. I don't like talking about ages, as you know. Um, it's, it's it's a bit touchy for me, mate. Alvin was born in the nineteen sixties, weren't you, mate? Yeah, so I, mean, I do. I well. He never ages. <laughs> Benjamin Button. That's why, that's why he's always wearing a woolly hat, uh, James. Oh, yeah, we already had that conversation before you came on. Actually, it's like, is it cold over there? Do you not get heat in an island? I was like, no, I literally. <laughs> <laughs> sat in a woolly hat because we just got always wears a woolly hat that's what you should wear um, on Sunday I was just thinking about it earlier put, put the radio on on your phone little ear pod under the hat at the table when you're having dinner very rude Steve that it's not on. big table etiquette is it come on wow Jesus. Just, just thinking mate just think that's on the box I do I, I mean, like it oh, I like it's, do you remember when we the do you ever did you ever do the old school trick? Speaking of this, though, when you're at school, right? And then James has got wired headphones on, which is perfect for this little trick. But you used to have your little Walkman tape player, Steve. Do you remember them? Um, and then you yeah. have it in your pocket. And then you'd feed, you would feed the wire down your, uh, your jumper. And then you'd sit like this on your desk. And then you could listen to tunes, mate, whilst you're in class. I never did that. Oh, my God. I, James uh, is, did, yeah. Steve, you're missing out. That's be, you're missing out. You're missing they out. They want to hold their that. face. You're not, you're just leaning, you're on a table, you're just leaning like that. No, yeah, I'm never lean, mate. I've got a great posture. I've got a great posture. As you can Man. see, is me leaning. Yeah, forward. here he is. He literally, before we come on, he's asking James all the physio questions. My legs are in literally. bits. Oh. <laughs> great. Steph's always saying, like, oh, she's like, what's wrong with you today? I've got so many ailments. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> ill. So, how old are you actually then? Steve? 30. <laughs> got, I've got a bad back, bad legs. Oh, Christ. Honestly. James, tap him up for a few personal one-on-one sessions, mate. Makes it, you got some easy money here, I feel, to be perfectly honest with you. Literally, you'd have a field day. <laughs> but look, I know we, you know, I said, can we point out any memorable games? I think we you know, pretty much scrapped that. But Steve, you did have one, actually, didn't you? You, you mentioned, was it an FA Cup game? I remember, yeah, we beat, um, was it 4-2 back in the day, 2002? Going back a while you, then. You, you've, you've hit me... Um, You've thrown a curveball here. I, I, I wasn't expecting this. Oh, look, see, this is what you do to me, look. You're, you're, not, you're not a big fan, are you? Not a big fan. No, no it's hard, isn't it? Fan at all. Um, it was 4 2. I was right. Good lad. Uh, yeah, January 2002. 
Hmm. Um, I remember the game. Yeah, just just remember the um, the Dreamcast kit. That's how I can remember it. Well, having a conversation. In, uh, speaking of that Dreamcast kit, why? Well, I obviously know why Dreamcast is on there because that's what they were trying to pump at the time. Um, that awful console that went absolutely fucking nowhere. Oh, I like Dreamcast. I would have preferred Sega on that home. Imagine a white Sega blazing on that home shirt, though. That would have looked bloody brilliant. There's a custom job that we didn't know we needed. <laughs> Make it happen, mate. Right, it's a bit late, isn't it? I'm a bit, bit, bit behind the curve on that one, to be honest with you. But one thing we, you know, I did send over to you guys was, and unfortunately, there were some Watford goals in there. It's hard to find this stuff on YouTube. But is there any any particular goals from this fixture over the years that's you know at, at Watford that kind of stand out to you? I mean, I've definitely got one uh, which sticks out, but I'll let you guys go first. I'm sure it will probably come up, and James is itching to bring his out. Go on, James. It was relatively, um, it wasn't too long ago, actually, but I was having a look over some of the games, and it mm. was actually the, the Arsenal 3 Watford 2 game, which was at the end of the pandemic season when all the games were being played well into the summer. And um, mm. I had a look into it today, and you know, completely forgot. So Watford needed to beat Villa's result to stay up. So there was still a little bit rising on the game. We actually went into a 3 0 lead and same old Arsenal tried to throw it away. We um we ended up winning the game 3 2. Danny Welbeck almost got the uh decisive third goal to get the draw. But no, it was having a look at the goals today, there was a long throw from Kieran Tierney. We all think that was uh just this season where that's been happening, but there was a really long throw into the box and Olber controls it fairly close to the keeper and he, an audacious little overhead kick into yeah. the goal. And that was a really, really quite special finish and shame really that there was no crowd to see it. But mm. no, it was certainly one of the goals that I remember at that time. And I think it was the first time we'd worn that new kit as well, which we then subsequently wore in the FA Cup final as well with the Chevron design on it and, I remember thinking, oh yeah, that that looks the business. I need to get myself one of those. And um, but yeah, that was really the only goal that stuck out to me when I'd uh, had, did a bit of research today. Good goal to, to to stick out. I mean, it's funny you mentioned like you know those pandemic games. Just the pandemic in general, a lot of the stuff from my mind's just gone into the abyss. Um, watching those games with fake crowd noise, I'm so glad it's gone and it's done. By the way, because it was weird, wasn't it? Watching football with no crowds and crowd noise was awful to say the least steve is there any that you kind of remember over the no time? no memorable goals but touching upon that game actually um i remember it well because i remember mike dean having to give us a penalty and mike dean is not like to give arsenal penalties i remember the the, the pain i think it was quite early on yeah. was, it, was it like the first five ten minutes um i remember the the, the, the sheer sort of frustration and like you know hey you have to accept the fact that this is happening i, I can't you know there's no way of getting around giving arsenal a penalty he had his, forgot that we actually, sorry gone he had his lockdown beers at the time no. as well which made him look even more upset about the situation as well i mean i'm not sure he could have looked any more upset given arsenal a penalty but the whole scraggly lockdown beard just made it even, even more even more so i forgot that we relegated him actually i forgot they went down yeah, the thing. Actually, I'm like, Roy Jane is was that his last season? Or did he say was he was he there last year when they came back up? Because he's at Birmingham now, isn't he? Yeah, it was nice to you know that extra layer. Yeah, we did. I think it did put them down. You're right. So yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. Like we said earlier, that little bit of extra niggle, especially because of what he came out and said. So to be the club that put them down, 
yeah, I mean, we'll take that, won't we? Um, it was a week before there. Chelsea, I remember. Mm. No, absolutely. So my my one goal that I kind of picked out um, goes all the way back to Thierry Henry's first season. Um, and he, he scored a couple of goals uh, in, a, in a decent win down there. But there was one kind of, it's like a pre-Real Madrid teaser, to be honest, where he's picked up the ball quite deep, either just in our half or just in theirs. He's glided past three or four. Uh, and he's just nestled one uh, in the bottom corner. Um, definitely one to to have a little look at if you haven't, if you can't remember it. But um, yeah, that was kind of, you know, he, he took a little while, didn't he, Thierry, to to kind of find his feet. I remember watching his debut, um, which was against Leicester back at Highbury, where, you know, he didn't look anything too special. Uh, but look, you know, it's always tricky, isn't it, when you come come from, a you know, the foreign game into England, especially back then. Uh, but that was one of the, it's kind of around the time where he he started to find his feet in that first season and we started to see him turn into that the centre forward that we all came to know and love. Um, and obviously the following season, he really found his feet. Um, so that would be my one. Um, absolute, yeah. Thierry Henry. I can't remember the goal, but there's a great photo from that game of him celebrating in the corner by the flag at Vicarage Road. Yeah. He loved the corner flag for a while, didn't he, actually? Really he loved the corner flag. Apparently his bedroom's full of them. Just has them in every corner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I also love speaking of Thierry Henry. Yeah, four post of bed. It's just literally quarter flags on it on every <laughs> single one. But no, it's funny because speaking of his kind of celebrations, I did a, as much as I'm Mbappe is quite an arrogant bastard when he wants to be. Um I did love his little honorary kind of tip of the hat to Thierry Henry where he did the the lean on the goalpost uh celebration that he did when in his time in M- in the MLS, I believe it was actually he did it. Um so yeah, okay. On, on to the predictions, uh, which, we, we, you know, I'm not usually keen of doing these because I always think I'm tempting fate. What what are your thoughts? Uh, Steve, I'll come to you first. How, how do you feel? Uh, what do tempting you think of fate. the result? Well, I'm forever the optimist, aren't I? You really are, yeah. I, I admire apart, that. Like. Apart from whenever we play. I'm always pretty confident, unless we're playing a City, Liverpool or Chelsea. Mm. Anyone else, I'm always quite quite confident um mm. i'm not going to give a prediction because i don't want to tempt fate but i think we'll win the game i think it's going to be tight mm. um what for the, uh, they're a bit of a strange team aren't they like you know they went to old trafford last week and, and got a you know near no draw i know man united had chances but mm. you know, not a bad result they also beat man united 4-1 i believe um i think it was, was it soul scars last game in charge when he got fired when they beat him 4-1 maybe before christmas so yeah yeah it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a tricky one isn't it um and it's a sort of game like i say it all the time we've got to get that first goal we don't want to be chasing the game we need to get 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 an early goal stamp of authority um you know if we're chasing the game away from home it's it's always going to be tricky uh but i think i think we'll win um i think we'll win i'm not going to give a score prediction I'm trying to fight it back. Just saying a win. Just saying a win. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, looking at their form guys as well. I would mean, they've only won one of their last six games. Would a draw, would that be two points drops? I think so. It would, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. I mean, listen, if, if we want to if we want to stamp our authority and actually, you know, make a genuine push for top four, these are the sort of games we have to win. We can't afford to drop points. And with everyone else sort of dropping points, um, we've, got, we've got games in hand as well. Just have to uh, make the most of these and, and get maximum points. Um, I'll tell you what, a score prediction, we'll go 7 0. Lacazette, double hat trick, and then Eddie off the bench. We're tapping. 
Because that's a, it's a score Bang. prediction, but it's not a genuine score prediction. It's, it's, it's a win, isn't it? Basically, that's what yeah. you're saying. A, a Bamiang assist. <laughs> All the way from Barcelona. Yeah, Mustafi oh. with a corner for for, for Eddie and Kate's goal. <laughs> It'll still be pointed at someone giving out, though. Do you know what I mean? That's all he ever did. Oh, fuck me. James, what, what do you think? Are you are you a score prediction man? Are you going to give one? Are you 10 0? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you know, it's hard to hard to top 7 0, really. But no, <laughs> I, th- I think it's it's going to be a tricky game. I mean, look, there are no easy games in the Premier League nowadays. I think, no. you, you, you know, I think other than kind of Man City, Liverpool, the rest of the league now, I think, is a lot tighter than what it ever has been previously. Um, look, it's going to be a different team to the team that we played in November. You know, Roy Hodgson is going to have them well organised. He's They're not going to be very expansive. They're not going to have, you know, that much flair. But I do think it is a, a banana skin game. And, you know, you mentioned they're not on a good run. Well, Arsenal do seem to be the team that when teams aren't on a good run, they do seem to like to get a result against us so um look but I'm still confident I think that I'm going to go for a, a cheeky 1-0 to the Arsenal I can't see us scoring a great amount of goals at the moment um I'm going to go for Saka with the goal and you know with the schedule we've got coming up Leicester Liverpool Villa all in six days you know this is the type of game where if we are thinking top four we have to be getting three points from this game but just important that we don't underestimate them really you know with Man United last week during nil-nil you've got to think you know did they go into that game underestimating them so I think we'll be all right but yeah tight close I don't think it will be the most enjoyable game out there but we'll see what it, happens doesn't that feel the case a lot of the games that we watch of Arsenal at the minute I mean look we always miss it when it's not there but as soon as it comes back within 10 minutes I'm stressed out my bin and, you know, I feel like I'm aging. <laughs> That's a new saying. Stressed out my bin. <laughs> it's not in the bin. I'm stressed out my bin. But it's, I don't know, it's just one of the, every game I'm aging like five years at the minute. Um, you know, that not Wolves good. game. No, it's not. That first Wolves game was stressful. Obviously, Brentford was relatively all right. I mean, it was more frustrating than stressful, I think. But, you know, and then there was obviously the, the turnaround Wolves game. Both those Wolves games, yeah, they 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 were they were tough watches um, from a stress level point of view. That's for sure. Luckily, we got the results, so it makes it all the more sweeter uh, that you you know live through ninety minutes of hell. To be honest with you, um, I think for me, score prediction, I'm going to go for two nil. Um, I feel that's all right. Again, like you guys, I can't. Who two, by the way? Obviously, Arsenal. Um, Just checking. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, yeah, I think go 2-0. Um, I think it's going to be really tight. I think we do need that early goal uh, to settle us down. Uh, but, I mean, one one great thing about Arsenal is we're not conceding a massive amount of goals, uh, which is great. I mean, as much as we're not scoring many, we're not really conceding that many. Um, so that's one good thing is, you know, we've got that defensive stability to kind of build on uh, and work on, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go for 2-0. But, yeah, I think two it nil. will be... A bloody hard uh, ninety-minute game. I, I think James makes a great point about like Roy Hodgson um, mm. being in charge. Like I don't think he's not he's not going to change the club completely, but I think he's going to make him harder to beat and break down, um, and they'll be well drilled. Sort of game where we get that early goal, we bring him out. Like against Brentford, it happened. Once we get that goal, you know, early in the second half, they played a much higher line. Um, and we were able to kind of get behind him a few times and a few times kind of, you know, it was down to a poor ball. Eventually sort of, um, you know, we, we uh, Saka and Pepe swapped and we, we got through. And I think, listen, it's sort of game we get ahead. 
you know, we make him come at us. And that's when we're at our best, right? When teams are trying to kind of uh, play that high line and trying to kind of press us. Um, because we've, we've got those sort of players that you can break through and we've got those fast-paced players. Apart from, you know, apart from, apart from you know, in, in that kind of number 10 position, but, you know, we have to make the most of, of what we've got. Very good transition side. That's for sure. I completely agree with you on that. Um, we are great when teams come onto us and we can exploit the space uh, when we decide to break quickly. So, all right. So we're all going for an Arsenal win. So that's positive. Um, hopefully we're all right. I don't really care if it's 7-0, 1-0 or 2-0, to be honest with you. So it would just be nice to get the three points. So moving on, we're going to, have a little look back through the history books. We're going to do on this day, slightly different take on, uh, than what we would usually do. I'm not going to quiz Steve for the starting 11 uh, and throw curveballs like we do for Liam. So James, you're, you're, you're lucky that we're not going to test you, your starting 11 knowledge. But I mean, we've all seen the posts today uh, across Instagram. Um, it's hard not to bring it up. Um, on this day, back in 2002, we had a fantastic away result at Newcastle where we won 2-0. And it was featuring that Dennis Burkamp magical goal. Um, I, I don't even have to say much else. We all know what I'm talking about. We've all seen it a hundred times. It gets better every time. Um, who scored the second goal? Quickly, lads. Sol Campbell. Big Sol Campbell header. Um, but it was a funny one going into this. And it, you know, when you say this, obviously Newcastle will probably get back to this this period. Um, but they were not a bad side under Bobby Robson around this time. Funnily enough, they were. Uh, you know, I actually had to find the highlights for this game on their season review and they said that they were pushing for the double, uh, which made me chuckle because we were the ones that went on to do that that particular season. Um, they weren't a bad side and we were underdogs, funnily enough, going into this game. They beat us earlier on in the season, 3-1 at Highbury. Ray Parler got sent off. Um, but yeah, I got, I've got to ask you, lads, you, you know, it's going back a while, but, you know, Dennis Burke and that goal, what are your thoughts, James? I'll come to you first on it because it is, yeah. Well, as I'm sure you boys will both know from when we were at the Brentford game, I had my uh, lovely uh, Dennis Bergkamp shirt on there for the day. He was, what a player he was, you know. He was one of the reasons why I fell in love with Arsenal. You know, he would do things and see things that just others just didn't have in their locker. He was just one of a kind. And I don't think we've had anyone quite like him since then. You know, there's always debate, you know, did he mean it? Of course he meant it. He's Dennis Bergkamp, you know, and I just think that in terms of Arsenal goals, it's right up there with the very best, you know, not even just Arsenal goals, just, you know, it it will always be remembered as one of the greatest goals, I think, in Premier League football history. You know, I think it's quite funny now. I was reading an interview with... um, Nikos Stavazas a, a little while ago now and you know he was the defender which Burkamp uh, Burkamped and um, you know he says that his whole career now is just defined by that one moment you know he won the Euros with Greece in 2004 which should have been the defining moment of his career but no whenever he gets uh, interviewed now they want to ask him all about that goal and ask him, well, why didn't you foul him or did he mean it? And, you know, that just shows you what an amazing goal it was with, you know, his whole career has now been defined by this moment. But um, no, it was um, an amazing season, that one as well. It, it led to, you know, a fantastic climax in the end as well. So, um, no, really, really fond memories. Yeah, great memories. Steve, were you old enough to remember this one? I remember watching it 
on match of the day. Mm. Um, I actually remember the the FA Cup game more because the FA Cup, the one or draw at James's Park was on BBC. Mm. Um, I think I think it was Edu or Wiltor scored, and then um, I think it was Lauren Robert scored a, ma- a screamer, mm. and then in, in the replay we beat him three 0 and Perez um, had that awful injury, that which ruled him really, out for the running. Really strange. Yeah, um, but yeah, like, you know, like James said, it was pretty. It's one of those goals where, like you know, you said like, why didn't he foul him? It happens so fast, mm. and like it's it's you know it's such a, it's such a one off, right? Um, the only goal like I, I can sort of compare it to, and it's and it's not even you know in the same league is, is that goal against Norwich. Um, is it Giroud? Wilshire, funny enough. Wilshire, isn't it? Yeah, that goal where and it's the build at play and it. But listen, it's still it's still one of a kind. And uh, you know, you, you look at Burkamp's repertoire and some of the goals he scored. It's there's there's so many good goals. Um, yeah. We we all talk about the goals at Leicester. Like honestly, um, that guy. And he was such a he was such a unique striker. Like people all talk about Thierry, this fast pace, um, very very kind of nimble, whereas Burkamp was know, a lot more physical, didn't have the pace, but, you know, what what, what a player, right? Um, it'd be interesting to see, like, where he'd fit, like, in, in the modern game. Anyone, who, who would you say is most like him? I don't think there's anybody like him. Um, you know, you touched on some of his, you know, the qualities he had and what I loved about Burkamp and what I loved about those kind of, those Arsenal teams back then, you know, you could get away with a little bit more back then. Um he had a bit of filth in him. Loves throwing an elbow. He did though, didn't he? You know, he's he, blue, Alan. He's blue. <laughs> but no, you know, he loved that side of the game, uh, and that's why he fit in. You know, he loved ended the red up, card. Yeah, he loved the red card, and he fit into the English game so well. Uh, you know, he scored so many magical goals. But that one, I even, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that it was actually not long ago voted the greatest Premier League goal of all time. I think. I'd have to double oh, really? check. Yeah, I'd have to double check. But I mean, if not, it should be. Because it, it, I, what I love about it, and obviously you touched on Dabasas being, you know, this gets brought up to him all the time. But if you watch the replay, there's that. You know, when you see someone panic, you know, in real time, and it's just that little, you can see their body kind of scat out a little bit where they just, they don't quite know what to do with themselves. And you can see there's like, there's one little moment where he's just like, shit, I'm done. I don't know what to do. And he, yeah, he's just, he doesn't know what to do with himself, but it's, you know, the turn's one thing, but the, the calmness of the finish as well past, you know, let's be honest, Shea Given was a great keeper um, back then, uh, probably at the peak of his game. And just to slot it past him as well was just, yeah, it's the icing and the cherry on top of that particularly. They, they were a good team back then as well. They were like, they had a very, very good team. They qualified um, for the Champions League that year. Yeah, I remember we, we, we yeah, I remember we had a few uh really tough games around that period, even like the kind of the invincible period. And I think mm. number 05 when we were wearing our burgundy, they, they beat us at their one nil. Um, you know, it was it was always a tricky game, so yeah, very different to the Newcastle of today for our younger listeners. Although, um, yeah, watch this space, I guess, for Newcastle, but they're gonna stay up, which is really shit, isn't it? Was, they're annoying, was- they keep winning. Bastards. No, you know, as I you know, to, yeah, my brother. I wanted the richest play. club in the world to be in the championship. Me too. There's every, every bit of me wanted to see that. Uh, not only just still could happen, still could, but I think there's too many other bad average teams um, in and around them that will probably uh, go down. But it's one of those. It would have been extra sweet as my brother is a Newcastle fan, um, so that would have been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, to see that. But I don't think it will happen, unfortunately. 
unfortunately. So can I, can I just interject oh. really quickly? I've yeah. just, I just pulled to an F on Sky Sports, which says the greatest Premier League goal of all time as voted by the fans. There we go. Burkham isn't even in the top, isn't he a top five? Number one is Sun against Burnley in 2019. That gets in the bin. I mean, it was a good goal, but it's nothing compared to Dennis Burkham. And I'm sorry, but that, that song goal tops Thierry Henry's against that lot. No. It's Burnley, mate. Also, on the Danny Rose update, Danny Rose was not <laughs> included. He was not included in Roy Hodgson's 25-man squad. So he's not registered? Nope. Still, he's still looking for that move, isn't he? Still, he's still looking to go to Milan. <laughs> Free transfer. I'll pay to play. He'll be paying his, his match uh, fee subs himself. So doing. Honestly. He'll be, back, he'll be back training with Tottenham soon. Oh, Christ, don't say that. Actually, say that. Yeah, he's not being great. Do you know what I mean? So he can go and play their bang average. And he, are you going to well mention then. last night, We special mention to Tottenham Hotspur? I mean, I mean it'd be... Sunday, wasn't it? Rude not to. Um, I did wonder, because I actually fell asleep really early last night. You know, again, let's just touch on my age. Yeah, I'm getting old. Um, so I woke up to a message from you with just eyes. And I was like, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> it, took me, it took me a minute when I saw it. I was like, An insight to into our text messages. <laughs> yeah, just, well, I had, yeah, James, with a picture of eyes from Steve. And I was like... Oh. It wasn't my eyes. <laughs> just so I get you know, out. yeah, the emoji eyes. Maybe I should be a bit clearer. But I was like, what, what is he alluding to here? But then obviously one of the first things you do is check check the news after reading Ask's blog that we always do um, and then saw that Tottenham got knocked out. The only slight disappointing thing that I was looking for when I checked the score was the goal scorer. I really wanted it to be Balogun, mm. but nonetheless, hilarious that their trophy drought continues. Um, I, I text you just, just as Bro had scored. That's to put it into context. Mm. But either way, it was great news to wake up to. James, what did you make of that? Obviously, funny. Wow. 14 years as well now which is uh even more exciting you know the uh it's the history of the Tottenham <laughs> I love that yeah, it's that's... so funny listening to um what's his name uh on Talksport Jamie oh, O'Hara this yeah. even he was like ripping his out last night it's so funny so funny didn't he come out and say that basically you know he's played for Tottenham uh, retired, got married, had kids, and they still haven't won anything in this period. He of time. was in the squad the last time they won a trophy. Jesus Christ. There was something funny on Twitter, and it said that Arteta has played for Arsenal, won several FA Cups, gone to Man City, come back to Arsenal, and <laughs> won an FA Cup all the time since they've last won anything. It must be pretty desperate for them. They've got this new, new toilet bowl they can't even fill. Um, terrible owners. A manager doesn't want to be there and the best player wants to leave. Things you love to see. What was the other thing going around as well? I think it was, what, Saka was two when Harry Kane made his debut? He's already won more trophies than Harry Kane. (laughs) (laughs) That's always quite funny, isn't it? We could reel these off for the rest of the evening, to to be perfectly honest. But yeah, we will continue to smile uh, when Spurs... Can't smile without you, right? Can't smile without you. We We all can't. So, yeah, moving on then to the final part of the show, lads, um, and then we can wrap it up there. One of the things we wanted to kind of cover um, was was a player profile. Uh, and we had a quick chat uh, on, on WhatsApp before this, and James has come up with the player profile this week. Uh, and that player, which we touched upon earlier, was Jack Wilshire. Um, first thing I wanted to ask, and I actually don't know the answer, so I'm hoping one of you do. Who did he score his first goal 
against? I know it was in the League Cup. Who was the opposition? I can tell you who it is, but I can see Steve racking his brain there, trying to think of who it was. So I might He's give him the there, opportunity. Though. Was it was it Sheffield United? It was Sheffield United in a six 0 win. Yes, that was there, James, because you you've rattled that off really well. No, unfortunately, I've done my homework here and had to look to see who his first goal was against. But now, now I've looked at it, I do actually remember it because he'd only actually made his debut for the club 10 days earlier. He came on as a really late sub against Blackburn in the Premier League. And, um, you know, there was a lot of hype in the academy about this new kid who was coming through and, you know, Wenger had given him a squad number and, you know, seeing him come on and score, it was really, really quite exciting at the time. You know, it did take a, a few more years for him to establish himself. He um, went on loan to Bolton in um January 2010 and that was when he really began to start making a name for himself and it was that next season then that he really became quite integral to the team but um but just having a look at his history today was really interesting actually because I never realized he was actually part of that FA Youth Cup winning team in 2009 and you know there's serious points up for grabs here for if any of you boys can name any of the other uh well-known players that were in that team at the time. Oh, Steve, are we going to accept this? He's, he's making his debut and he's throwing absolute purples like this at were, us. Were we wearing the... Um, was it Anfield? Were we were wearing the yellow kit. We were, yeah. Yeah. Was Frimpong in the team? He yeah. was, Mr. Frimpong. Craig Eastman, I think, might have been well, in that team. Craig Eastman. Craig Eastman, yeah. Good. Um, Graham Stack in goal? No. No. No, that's sure bad. Graham, Stack. Stack, Graham Stack was years before. Yeah, that, that is mate. years ago. My bad. Um, what about Vito Minoni? No, not Vito. If I give you a clue, there was a, a central midfield player who played a number of first team games for Arsenal for a number of years before uh, moving off to Spain eventually. Ram Marida? No. no. That's too early as well. Yeah. Francis. Francis Coquelin, he was in that oh, team. Oh, yeah. Wow. He came... I didn't even know he played in our youth setup. That's shocking, isn't it? Come on, James. We'll play what, James. You, you should be hosting, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, you should be hosting. You come in. the facts. So, so prepared. I'm come just, on, we'll off the rest I'm of that starting 11. It. Well, I haven't got the rest of the starting 11 there, but I can tell you some other well-known names in, in that lineup. So, on, um, Luke Ayling was also in that oh, lineup. Yeah. So, Jesus, obviously yeah. now... Now at Leeds, yeah, doing well for himself still. Um, Henri Lansbury as well was in that team wow. as well. You Didn't know, he's he had a bit of a journeyman career. Then he score in Tottenham in that League Cup, that mad League, League Cup win, one. five, is, yeah. four or five one. Yeah, that was nice. But, Who else? Yeah. Any other notable mentions? Not really. The rest of them, you know, you mentioned Craig Eastman. He has, you know, he had a. He had a good career, but no, there wasn't many. Yeah. I think, I think off the top of my head, Jay Emmanuel Thomas might have been in that team as well, oh, but yeah. he's um, not not someone that I wrote down. Do you remember that that goal that he scored? It went viral because it was ridiculous skill in the build-up. It was on a, I mean, we go looking at like under nineteens maybe when he did it, and he, you know, he's done this ridiculous drag back. Um, definitely, you know, if you literally go Google Jay Emmanuel Thomas greatest goal for Arsenal this will come straight to the top it's unbelievable I remember watching this at the time and going who is this lad he's going to be unbelievable didn't really uh, pan out the way we expected but back to Jack Wilshere I mean obviously I sent on the 
you know, the goals that he'd scored uh, for the Arsenal. And to be honest with you, I forgot how many goals he actually scored. He scored some really good goals uh, for us. Is there any that kind of, obviously, Steve, you touched on one earlier as well. Um, other than that, is, yeah, that Norwich goal, yeah. Is there, is there any others that kind of stand out to you? Um, I wouldn't really say goals. I'd say performances. Obviously, we, we, we all remember that game against Barcelona. We, we beat him 2 one, uh, him and Cesc. And I think, like, in many ways, like, kind of looking back, like, there were, you know, if you remember how excited we were when Cesc broke on the scene, how good he was, it felt like that. It was that, it was that feeling of, you know, we've got something really, we've got something really special here. And, and I think it was a real shame. Obviously, we, we all know how it ended and, you know, how it is, you know, he's just found a new club, hasn't he, which is, which is great news. He's been training with Arsenal recently, but I do feel like in many ways, like, and um, I think it may have been asked why we touched upon this and it was a while back now. And they talked about, we sort of kind of maybe burnt him out when he was too young, you know, at a young age where we, he broke in a bit too early. We overplayed him and it was, you know, it was very sort of reminiscent of like Michael Owen in that sense. Um, and it was a shame because yeah, he, 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 he was quality. Well, he's still, I'm, I'm sure he's still very good to this day, but you know, injury has, has ultimately destroyed his career, hasn't it? And it was a shame, especially like kind of the late years at Arsenal. He just, he was never fit. I'm missing it. He missed whole seasons. Um, and it was a shame because, you know, at that time we had like, you know, the likes of Ozil, uh, Cazorla, uh, Alexis Sanchez. You know, we had, we had an incredible, um, you know, attacking unit. And he just sort of could never, could never, could never manage a full season, really. Um, and it he can't help but feel like, you know, what could have been. Um, yeah, nonetheless, you know, nonetheless, you know, obviously he won, you know, won some FA Cups and stuff, and he's always gonna be a fan favourite, but it will always sort of be tainted, won't it? Because we'll, we'll always look at it kind of feeling a bit like um, it, it never, it never amounted to what we'd hoped it'd been. Sorry to bring it down, <laughs> sorry to bring no, the mood down. It's, it's, you know. It is true, though. I think you know, you're absolutely right. We all feel like that. Jack Wilshire was special, special talent when he came through, and you know, you touched on that magnificent performance against Barcelona which was peak Barcelona at that time may we add um, and you know to, to see injury basically scupper that that talent and basically most of his career um, it is sad um, and we all would have loved him to have been a staple in that team still to this day right he's 30 now so he still could have been but James is there any kind of notable Jack Wilshire moments that stand out for you um, from his time at the club well I think if I think about it in terms of my favourite Jack Wilshere moment, it actually didn't come on the pitch. It came uh, in the 2015 FA Cup celebrations. And I can see you both <laughs> laughing and nodding yeah, here. It. So I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, for anyone who no, doesn't know is, what I'm talking new about, brand new information. Okay, I'll, I'll, set, I'll set the scene for you. So Lovely. we'd uh, just won the 2015 FA Cup and uh, we went on a little parade and we had a little celebration and the, the players... They were up on top of the armory, I think it was. And mm. uh, I, I think Jack Wilshere was having a good time. I think he'd had a, a few beers, maybe. And I think he was wearing a rather questionable Arsenal bucket hat at the time. And uh, he uh, started uh, engaging the fans in a fairly well-known Spurs chant. And um, Wait, it that seems... chant. what is that chant, James? Oh, it's. I think it seemed to go down quite well at the time. I'm not sure. How... It's some something. Ah, oh, it's it's on it's on it's on the tip of my tongue here. But um, what do we think of Tottenham? Shit. shit. What do we think of shit? Tottenham. Tottenham. Thank you. 
That's all right. All right. Oh, yeah. What a that memory. Was, that was a fantastic, fantastic memory. But do you know what? It was just the thing that made me most excited about Jack Wilshere here throughout his career was that, you know, you could tell he was an Arsenal boy. He loved the club. I was mm. lucky enough to go to uh, Hale End actually a few years ago. And you have a look at some of the pictures on the wall. And, you know, he was at the club for such a long time, you know, and you look at the squad pictures back from really really early days and you know what a player he could have been but you know it's great that he was back at the club and you know he was training with the club but you know it was great to hear that he was doing work with the academy as well and from what I hear look he was doing a good job there as well he wasn't just being given the opportunity to coach in the academy because he was Jack Wilshire he had something to give and he was seem to be doing a good job so you know fingers crossed one day you know when his playing days are over I'd love to see him back in the club in some capacity you know and I think he'd be a, a shining light for some of these youngsters that are coming through the academy to show them you know what can be done and hopefully give them inspiration in their future careers. Yeah, a lot yeah, I think that's key isn't it you said about inspiration I think even some of the crop of youngsters that were at the club now obviously enjoyed having him around and you know Saka spoke so fondly of him and how he looked at Jack Wilshere being an inspiration coming through the academy breaking into the the first team and becoming the the regular player that he is now um so you know that story is yeah it hits home doesn't it I guess um to to the the lads that are trying to come through Hale End and the ones that have recently come through Hale End so He's, he's a proper lad, isn't he? It's mm-hmm. funny because I've got this uh, Arsenal calendar next to me from last year and it's got a picture of Jack Wilshere from the FA Cup final with his scarf like <laughs> wrapped around his head. Um, you know, do, do you remember when um, we were like, Wenger was like kind of like kind of trialling him in different positions and like we were trying to play him and like we tried him in number 10 and then we tried to play him on the wing and he was like, there was a kind of talk of, you know, could he be like a centre forward figure? Just like back in like 2013, I think 2014. You look absolutely yeah. clueless. Yeah, I've probably erased that from my mind. Uh, because it we... was when we were in like the yellow, we had the yellow, the yellow. It was like Erzul's first season. Because obviously Erzul came in and Erzul was playing number 10. And Jack mm. was essentially, you know, an attacking midfielder. Mm. So it sort of changed the the complexity of his of his playing roles. You both look like, you know, you've never I remember no. him playing on the wing at one point. And like I said, I think that was probably when Ozil was around, but I didn't think it ever really, really suited him. But, no. you know, and then I remember for England, he played that deeper lying role. I think, was it with Roy Hodgson as well? And then we'd never really seen that at Arsenal at the time. But, you know, he seems to be doing a good job at that as well. But you know, what a player. And you know, I think he's overplaying in Denmark now. And, um, you know, good luck to him. Oh, anyone name that club? Oh, I think it's three letters, but I can't. I bet Liam would know anything more than that. Liam would know, and he'd be able to pronounce it spot like on as well. But I, I mean, I, I, our house gymnastic for anything. AGF, AGF. That's easier. We'll go with AGF. I like that. Did, there's a rumor going around as well that I don't know whether it's true. If there's any context to this, that obviously their home kit is uh, white and blue. Um, so I believe there's rumours going around lately that, you know, obviously as all players do, they buy their kids, you know, the, the kits that their daddy plays in. Um, he refuses to buy them the home kit and bought them the away one because it's too Spurs-like. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And do you that... remember Do you remember when um, Emmanuel Frempon came through as well with him? He was really exciting. 
and um, he, he turned out to be a complete melon. <laughs> he was mad when he absolutely... Do you remember he hit the back of his car? He had like a picture of him in Nazri. <laughs> no, I know he had a, he had a big problem, didn't he, with Nazri? <laughs> That's for sure. In the bit of his car, it was like a picture of him in Nazri squaring up. Um, oh my yeah. god! A bit, is... bit of trivia, for, bit of trivia for you there. There we go. So I think wrapping up Jack Wilshire, look, you see, we all know it. We we wish it ended there, but thanks for the memories, Jack. Uh, you've you've given us some belters, to say the least. I think on on that bombshell, probably time to wrap up the show. And before I go into that, James, look, I just want to take a minute to. Thank you again for joining us. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for that curveball earlier. I definitely wasn't expecting that. Should have been the other way around. Um, how have you found it? Yeah, loved it, guys. Thank you very much for having me. It's um, always good to chat the Arsenal. And uh, fingers crossed we'll uh, have a good result to enjoy on uh, Sunday. Fingers crossed is right. Um, so look, as always, we just want to thank you uh, for taking the time to listen to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. We greatly appreciate it. It really helps with our algorithm and getting us up those charts. If you'd like to follow any of us on the social media platforms, you can do so. Steve, he can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at in the clock end. Myself, you will find me on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. James, he can be found on Twitter at James underscore Dower. Um, but until then, please keep an eye on your social media feed for the next podcast and look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Goodbye.